reach out Think your skin can bring you so much pain Now I hear you say You got the best of both ways Won't you come and take a walk in my shoes And tell me if you take my place Under the Welcome to episode 218 of the Inside Running Podcast and Happy New Year to all our listeners. I hope 2022 is a year full of PBs and injury-free running. Brady's still on leave, so we have another guest joining Moose and I. I reached out to the Ingebrigtsens during the week, but none of them were available, so we hit up the next biggest name in Norwegian distance running. He's fresh off a 5k road PB and is currently training for the Seville Marathon where he plans to beat Brady's PB. Welcome back to the Inside Running Podcast, Christian Ulriksen, otherwise known as Christian from Norway. Yeah, thanks a lot. Been a while and yeah, I'm big listening for the show and I mean the, the last episode with with Luke Matthews is uh, some really big shoes to fill today. So yeah, I had to go for a run this morning and it was uh, pretty much like preparing for an exam and uh, Julian will probably also be, uh, yeah, be on the feet today. So uh, I tried to come in prepared this time. Yeah, so you're not joining us from Norway because you um you did your 5K race in Barcelona. So you're still in Barcelona? Yeah, yeah, I'm still in Barcelona. Living today, going to Valencia, gonna do a 10K road race next Sunday. So uh, we'll stay there for six uh, six days uh, doing the last preparation, and then we have the big uh, the big 10K in Valencia. Yeah, and obviously we'll talk about your 5K um, road PB during your weekly recap, but um quite a unique experience being in a, an event where there's two world records broken yeah yeah it was amazing i mean we have both uh, been on the start line uh, or me and julian in 2018 when kipchoge took down the world record in the marathon and i was also in copenhagen the day that cameroon ran 58 or one but uh, but it was something amazing with this race in barcelona i have to say that uh, starting at seven in uh, at uh, yeah, seven in nine time. Night time, it was completely dark. You are not like a big pack of people, but uh, but still, you are running the best roads in the city, and uh, it was a lot of people out in the street as well. And when you are running in the dark, it's something about the feeling of of racing in the dark. It uh, it brought back a lot of memories from the young days when I was a football player and playing in the yeah in the in night time and in the highlight. So. Uh, it was a good day out there. And now I look forward to hearing about it. And um, welcome to our regular co-host and ex-coach of uh, Christian, Julian Spence. How are you, Moose? Oh, thanks. Thanks for reminding me he's about gone... the, the rogue athlete that I used to have. Well, he's gone, uh, he's gone from strength to strength since he uh, sacked you. Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. He's still battling away trying to break 15 minutes. He's run a, couple of, he's run a few PBs this, in the last year. Yeah, that's he's, he's you know why? He's a Norwegian living in Kenya. That's suspect. <laughs> that is that is as dirty as it gets. And uh, you had a good win last week, Moose. Oh yeah, I did actually. The um, unofficial Athletics Victoria World Championships down here mm-hmm. at the Roo Run. It's quite a good win. Nice to be um, back racing. That's for sure. Probably not. The prestigious event that I made it out to be, but in my own head, I uh, built it up pretty big. Mm. So, from weekly recap point of view, who would like to go first? 
Oh, let's do Christian. I want to hear it. All right. I want to, I want to hear it. Got, got your Strava loaded, Christian? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorted out. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, the last, uh, if we take things into context, for me, the last month, I mean, uh, some of you guys, you, you think uh, Norway is like uh, Spain or something else. I mean, you're living in a pretty much the dream country when it comes to running. It's sun every day and you... You don't have uh, any winter and you don't realize uh, what uh, running on the treadmill two times a day can do with you. So after a long uh, month of November with a lot of, uh, of running on the treadmill uh, early in December, uh, I went uh, far north in Norway for, for a lot of work. And then I realized that uh, I have been like training since 2017 for breaking 220 and finally my uh, my health is back to, to normal. I don't have any pain at all and uh, and the shape is coming back. So I decided to to just go two weeks to uh, yeah to a small island outside of Africa, like uh, a Spanish island. So just went there completely on my own, preparing like two weeks there before I went to Barcelona for the 5K and before the 10K in Valencia. And then I probably go back uh, home to Norway again. But uh, but yeah, uh, so the last week I, I was in the Canary Islands. It's uh, yeah, it's outside of Africa, but it's still part of uh, part of Spain. So the the weather was pretty much like uh, a normal day for Julian in Anglesey. Like everything is beautiful. You wake <laughs> up, the only thing you want to do is train, and uh, the motivation is super high. So. Yeah, it's it's not the worst week to to come to the show with you guys since mm-hmm. uh, I have nothing to complain about. But uh, Monday was uh, I'm doing. A, I have to say that uh, since Julian was coaching me in 2018, uh, I mean the the best days in back to when Julian was coaching me was was not so far away from from where I'm now. So. I try to tell myself that uh, since I ran 222 in 2017 and the first time I met you guys in, in Berlin, I mean, it's uh, it's over four years and I'm still struggling with the same. So if I'm going to continue this this running journey and uh, I need to prove myself that I can run faster. So I have tried to do a, a couple of changes and I sometimes when I'm... I would not say depressed, but sometimes when I'm really down, I try to look back to also Julian wrote me a long, long email. Like, yeah. So sometimes I go back to that and to just, uh, yeah, try to figure out where uh, where it all have been wrong. But uh, but yeah. I think yeah, yeah but... I think I think. Uh... Oh, did you have the email pinned up on your bedroom wall, there? Ah, it's almost like that. You need. You, I mean, you have a. A picture of Musa and the email, so you know that people are watching you. <laughs> ah, but uh, I started Monday on the Canary Islands and was uh, 40 minutes, uh, two times, uh, 4.41 and 4.11. And uh, every time, I, this is one of the changes I have done also in the past. I have turned off all the information on my watch. Sometimes I run with the heart rate strap just for watching after, but, uh, but the easy pace nowadays can be everything between... Uh, yeah, sometimes like 5.10 if I'm really sluggish and sometimes can be down to like 4.10 also if I if I feel okay. But I'm done with uh, with watching, uh, yeah, with having auto laps per kilometers and doing so much time watching the small details. Uh, we have a we have a podcast show in Norway. We are, have interviewed a lot of really good 
yeah, ex-runners and also science people. And it's amazing when you, you hear about people in the 80s, they had no GPS, they had nothing at all, and they were still able to, to run the 13, 10 and yeah, 28 flat. So, so sometimes I'm thinking that we are, uh, yeah, we are destroying our own career with, uh, with the, all the new equipments and, and think way too much about the stuff that in the end doesn't matter at all. So mm. one of the things I've tried to do yeah, to be better at uh, after the surgery is is just taking easy pace as a feeling and forget about everything else. So the easy pace can depend, yeah, from five minutes to yeah, maybe like five, four, ten if I'm really good. But usually it's around four, four thirty, and it's a bit progressive. Maybe first kilometer out the door is five minutes, and the the last one is four twenty. And yeah, so double. 40 minutes two times Monday, Tuesday I did 30 minutes moderate in the morning, uh, a bit progressive, like started first kilometer 4.30 and finished the last 3.30, so average 3.55 and, and I felt okay. Since the race uh, here in Barcelona was uh, was night time, I wanted to have the last session also, night, the night time, just for, for having the same rhythm. So. I, it's no track on the Canary Islands, so I just went down to a harbor. So did six times five minutes with 30 seconds rest. Tried to run close to 5k pace, but but uh, not uh, stressing too much about it. So I hit it pretty much okay. I had three minutes between, and then I did four times 60 seconds. Just ran on field, tried to go fast, but uh, but still able to to relax and then had 30 seconds between them and then three minutes uh, break again and then four, four times 30 seconds. So, so, I mean, the last part is probably just long strides, but just try to, to keep the frequency okay and, and yeah, try to run fast, relaxed. For, for me, the, the journey of running has been the opposite of, of your journey. I mean, I started out with a, a big bet against my father to, be, to break three hours for the marathon and and I had absolutely no background from, yeah, from athletics. So, so to run uh, 5K for under 15 minutes has been a, a big goal for a long time. But, but uh, it hasn't been, been my, my cup of tea. It has been like uh, I trained for the marathon. I tried to run fast in the marathon. And then I am completely destroyed for a long time. So, so this time and, and this year after I'm coming back from the surgery, I tried to... I have tried to run more on the track and try to train more like a 16, 17 year old boy and try to develop the other way around to have some speed coming back to the marathon. Hey, Christian, the, yeah. um, the double that you did in the morning, you, you got going. Is there a purpose to that? Yeah, I mean, you, uh, I have, I mean, we have talked a lot about this on, on Strava and, and you guys have, have, Gave it. Uh, I mean, sometimes for me, uh, if I just keep going, like I don't want to go really fast. It, it, let's say I can run 2:21 now, and marathon pace is 3:21. So I'm not going super fast. I'm just going down to a effort that I feel is like uh, <laughs> it's not really hard, but but it's still getting my body going. And when I have a session in the afternoon, I feel so much better instead of just jogging. If I jog and do some strides, I feel okay. And if I jog really slow, I feel sometimes just more sluggish in the afternoon. So what I feel is that if I, I do a little bit of something in the morning, I feel way better in the afternoon. Yeah. Is this something that happens in Norway? Is this like 
or a European thing because I don't think we I don't think we really do that here. It's a pretty rare thing to see if someone does like a little progression run as a shaker. But, but I reckon Moose, it's almost like you know the Norwegians now are very much into their double session days. So it's almost it almost feels like a you know a one and a half session day instead of two. Is that? Oh, I don't yeah. know. I reckon he's just doing it to prep. You're just doing it to prep the body for the evening. Yeah, but but he's used to yeah. do it. He's, but you're used to doing double session days, aren't you, Christian? Yeah, I have done some of that in the past. But uh, but the double session day is a, is a big thing in Norway, and it it have been an on off. Uh, uh, thing that have been going back in the the early 2000 when uh, yeah when you had uh, Craig Mottram beating all the all the non-African people and try to beat African people we had one guy in Norway called Marius Bakken he was able to run 1306 he had some amazing races uh, yeah when uh, I think he had uh, yeah he was running with Mottram in a lot of races there were probably only the two white guys you can see in some of the diamonds league and and marius he he yeah now he's a doctor and he had a very scientific way to to look at the training and and also if you go on let's run you can see so many of the old uh, yeah the old tracks there he he is giving away so much about his training and what he was doing and his coach was doing that is what the ingebrigtsen guys are doing now the father of the Ingebrigtsen guy, he, call, he called Marius in the, in the beginning of 2012, before the Olympic Games in London. The father, Jack, was, was calling Marius pretty much every day because Henrik was getting better and better and they were talking like really details about training. And what they have done is just taken everything Marius did with the, with the treadmill, with the lactate measurement, with the double session, with no long runs, and they have put that into a system that's working for them. So, I mean, in Norway, sport is a big thing, and we have, of course, we have a lot of money, and people love to see their own nationalities are, are doing really well. But but if you go if you go in the running direction, pretty much all people in Norway are doing the same system. Mm. You can you don't have to ask the athlete. Uh, what they are doing you can just look at what day it is and everybody know what everybody's doing so how how often do, like do you do double sessions every week is that part of the system the Ingebrigtsen guys are doing double session tuesday thursday and saturday they do no long runs they do one run sunday that's 70 minutes and that's it hmm. double session means two workouts like a threshold and a VO2 workout or two thresholds, two speed workouts. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, I mean, if you want to go this part, we can do that. It's uh, for sure for me. I mean, I'm I'm uh, living with Sondre now and, I, and he had the same coach that Marius had before. So I know a lot about this system and we had Marius on the show here in Norway and the interview was... Uh, two hours long mm. and if that interview were in english i have told the other guy i, I mean probably the whole world would listen to it because that is what the ingebrigtsen guys are doing every tuesday morning they run six times six minutes on the treadmill they usually start like five to ten seconds slower than marathon pace and then they have a small progression ending the last uh, the, the last uh, rep they do five times six minutes, so 30 minutes total with more, one minute rest. But the, the, the fastest they go in the morning 
is 1.8 millimole on the lactate measurement. And if you compare that to people like me and you, Julian, it's pretty much marathon pace or a little bit slower than marathon pace. You have to remember that people like Jacob is really efficient also. So, so for him to run at marathon pace is, yeah, it's very easy for him because he is a 1500 guy. He's not running long distance. So the session in the morning, if you go back into people like Munogetti, he will probably say, or Steve Jones. In the interview with Steve Jones, he's, uh, he's talking about his running moderate pace almost every day. And it took him 10 years to, to develop the body that could handle this kind of training. If you look for numbers, what these guys were doing 40 years ago is pretty much the same. This is just very specific on the same treadmill doing the same thing and measuring lactate every day. So they have all the data. And that is the approach Yat have for everything. He's a guy that coming from, from uh, a very systematic work background, he's putting everything in spreadsheets uh, and he's working with his sons. Like this is some kind of computer system. So, so the afternoon session then, is that similar intensity or a little bit harder? Because, yeah, the, the, that morning uh, session it obviously isn't very taxing on, on those guys or, or really anybody. Like, so what's the afternoon no, one look so like? They do the same session morning, Tuesday and Thursday. So the, the afternoon session on Tuesday is usually 25, 20 to 25 times 400. They have 30 seconds rest. They start around 10K pace. And they never run slow, uh, run faster than 5K. And during the winter, they usually stay around 10K pace. So for a guy like Julian, let's say he can run 30 minutes now, it's it's 72 seconds and it's 30 seconds rest. Mm. Okay. And okay. when you use, if you use the lactate measure more, and you are, you have to remember that that Jacob, uh, probably Stewie also, these are probably the best guys in the world for running 400 meter repeats. Because if you can, for, for Stuart and Jakob, the 3K pace is around 59 seconds. So if they run at 5K pace, let's say it's, uh, they can run 1240 or something. Let's say 61 seconds. So if they start around 65, 66 seconds and run with 30 seconds rest, this is, it feels really easy for them. And the lactate is never higher than 3. Usually it's around 2.5. Mm. Mm. So what they are doing is building a really, really big base of of training around around the area where you can, yeah, you can put in a lot of hours without getting, yeah, so much lactic problems and so much mechanical problems. Because one of the biggest issues in the modern running in the top level is the is the load on the body, the the yeah, the mechanical problem when you have to run so fast. Usually, it's not the heart that is the problem. It's mm. the mechanical stuff around. So the injury risk when you are running, let's say, 400-meter repeats and you're running close to 1,500-meter pace, the, the risk is really high for, yeah, a guy like Henrik has been on and off with injuries for 10 years, so he cannot do that kind of training. So you're, this is all in the winter you're talking about this type of training. They're not... Yeah, we, yeah. We have to realize when they are entering the race season that the, the training is not uh, the same. It's, you cannot put the training like Monday to Sunday because the, the date of the race are changing all the time. They are preparing for race. You can imagine a guy like Stewie. He's usually racing once a week. So, he, I mean, 
then we are talking about uh, something completely else and they are of course mixing up stuff but but this is the winter schedule they run around 180 kilometers so they do five times six minutes in the morning tuesday and thursday and the, the tuesday afternoon is 20 to 25 times 400 and the thursday afternoon is 10 to 12 times 1k and the 1k is the same it's usually always around 10k pace and not faster they can start around half marathon pace but they never go faster than 10k pace. And the uh, and the, the idea is to keep the millimole at two and a half or, or, yeah. or, or less than that? Yeah, in the morning is to keep it under two. And if you can keep it between 1.5 and 1.8, that is the best. And in the afternoon is keep it under three. And if you can keep it around 2.5 is the best. And the Saturday, they have something else. They do hill session in the morning. It's uh, around 200 meters. It's not very steep. Uh, you, if you measure only on time, it's like 30, between 30 and 34 seconds, and they jog down. They do 10 times, then they have five minutes rest, and then they go five times again. And then, no, I mean 10 times, and then five minutes rest, and then they go 10 times again. So total is 20 reps. And, and they usually have around five millimole after the first 10, and they go with even harder the last 10. Sometimes Jakob can have over 10 in lactate mm. uh, after the 20th rep. And what they are doing there is pretty much that they want to run fast and 200 meters or 30 seconds is also a, is a good amount that you're able to, to keep the cadence high and you can still run relaxed. But what they are doing is they're taking it to a hill because of the mechanical problem with running so fast, completely flat. Yeah, so they're not getting as many niggles because it's less load going up a hill. Yeah, mm. but but the hill is not very steep. If I could guess, is I mean the hill also depends. These guys have families now. All the other Jacob don't have any kids, but uh, kids, but Philip and Henrik have. So so usually they are a lot. Uh, I mean they are pretty much five weeks on a training camp and usually two three ho- two three weeks home and then they go again. So so the hill that they are running in running in will be yeah will depends where they stay but but usually it's i would say it's like five percent degree if you put the treadmill on five percent and you go hard for 30 seconds but since they since they are jogging down it's some kind of continuously work also they don't stop they only stop in the in the break between the first 10 and the last 10 so that's that's really their only qual like real quality session for the week and even then because of the recovery it's um it's not too bad no, but if you look at the numbers and you put everything together, you mm. can see that uh, two times five times six minutes and two sessions and this hill session is, is around, yeah, let, let's say 50 kilometers of quality training and uh, the 120, 130 ki- kilometers uh, except from this session is what uh, Yacht is calling jogging or just recovery. I mean... These guys, of course, they run fast for easy for easy pace, but 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 they don't look at the easy training as uh, the easy running as training. They only do it in the purpose of be, of building mileage. But, but the the real training is Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Hmm. Well, so, we might as well and, finish this off and ask about their yeah. long run. <laughs> yeah, the long run is never, and this is real. I mean, we had the Jacob on the show as well. Jakob have never ever run 
longer than 21 kilometers in his life. Not one single time have he had done anything crazy like a trail race or nothing at all. So what they do is usually 70 minutes or 75 minutes and they run 20 kilometers. And usually Jakob wants to do the Sunday run on his own because he feels shit after Saturday and he hates to run with other guys when he feels shit. So he's usually just going on his own and the pace is... Pretty much he starts around four minutes. If he's really sluggy, he can start slower and he finishes off around 3.30 to 3.20. But usually the average pace is around 3.40 and it's 20 kilometers. Right, A bit different to what we do over here. Yeah, I mean, it's many ways to skin a cat. And, and you can imagine if we were taking this uh, training and we compare it to a training of, uh, of Hugh Max Wayne that is probably doing almost similar training what Motram is doing. It's our two completely different worlds. Yeah. And, what we, and what we see is pretty much the same result. So, I mean, uh, to, that is one of, the, of the, the things that is really interesting in Norway is that everybody is doing the same now, except from people that are old or do some other kind of running. Mm-hmm. But if you ask a, a 16-year-old boy now that want to, yeah, want to try to, to be a good athlete, he's doing the same system. So, and all coaches also believe in this. And for me, that is completely nonsense. I cannot believe that people think that one system can, can, yeah, can work for all people. It doesn't matter what kind of skill you have. For me, that is, uh, yeah. I cannot believe that people want to do it, but but that is the reality. I think it the, is. The, sorry, the the takeaway from me is that like they obviously do a lot of like steady state running. Like they, you know, sounds like they get rolling a little bit on even on their recovery days, and obviously their long run is is still like up tempo compared to your traditional long runs. But they don't go to the well in training, which I think you look at a lot of the top runners throughout history. They've always just you know being consistent without really nailing themselves in training. Um, and that seems to be what these guys do as well. Yeah, the pretty safe sort of stuff. Mm. Uh, you yeah. got to keep an eye on it, though. It's be hard for someone who doesn't understand that to, to give or to go out and try to run these six-minute reps at that kind of gentle intensity. I just can't see a lot of the runners in Australia being able to do that. You just no, giving, yeah, yeah. The big takeaway is I, I tried this system in 2016 for three months uh, when I had uh, yeah a full job and and the thing that you can take away from this is if you go this direction then you have to realize that you are if you go too hard too often the damage is not the first week but after four or five weeks you are totally drained. Mm. You need you need two three weeks just with recovery and jogging to get the energy level back. So if you go this direction, you have to realize that for me or for you, uh, Julian, that comes from a completely other part of of sport. If you told me that I will, will run intervals with this intensity when I started to run, I will tell you this is not training. This is moderate stuff. This has nothing to do with training. Give me something that I can build the engine on. That, that would be my first uh, thought to you. And after four weeks with training too hard, too often, I will come back to you and say that, man, I, I am dead now. Mm. Yeah. I, I think the yeah. other thing to take away from this as well is like we you, know, you often just look at what the top guys are doing in their prime. 
But you've got to remember that Jakob's been doing, like he's been training since he was like 10 or whatever and wouldn't have been doing these exact sessions when he was 10. So he's slowly adapted to the point that his body can actually handle this style of training where so many people will now go, oh, this is what this is what those guys do. So I'm going to change now from my two sessions a week to do this. And that's, that's a massive change, whereas those guys have just like slowly built up to this. Yeah, and you also have to realize that Henrik was fifth in the Olympic Games in 2012. So we are talking about 10 years ago. So you can imagine the experience that Henrik and also Philip had. So when Jakob is starting to train, it's not like they don't know what will happen. They can tell him, if you do this, this will happen. And Henrik have been, I don't know how many surgeries Henrik have done. Let's say five, six surgeries. And he have never... For me, it's, it's a bit with Henrik, the same like Ryan Gregson. You can, you can talk about shoes, but the fact is that these guys, they run faster 10 years ago. So then you can ask yourself, what have they done for training for 10 years? They have not become better. And sometimes what they have done is that they have trained too hard too often. And Henrik have tried way too many times to close the gap to Philip and Jakob in a short period of time, and he had to pay the price. And this time he paid the price one month before Olympic Games and had to go for a new new surgery. So, hmm. so the thing with Jacob is, this is a family with a with a yeah. It's, it's something else than everybody can. You have to realize every single day you are waking up. You you pretty much know what to do. You have so much trust inside in the family. Jack have all the data and everything. And of course, Jacob had had some problems. He also, but the progression have been just step by step by step every single year. And and what people in Norway is like asking me now is how good can Jacob be? Can he break the world record? What is next for him? Because the level he is coming to now, this is the level that some people have come before the next level is only for two three four guys in the world ever and so last question on their sort of training from me um so you spoke about their sort of base training um i read somewhere or saw something that then coming into like race season they're big on doing like 300 meter reps at 1500 meter race pace yeah i i, I don't I cannot. I mean, if I knew everything, I would talk about everything. The only reason I say that I I don't want to talk is but is because I don't know hundred mm. percent. And what they have done with the training the last three four years is the the part from early April and through the summer. They have a, a way better system now than Hendrik had in the early days. Now they are hitting the races. In a, in a better shape, they are better prepared for the race season than earlier. Earlier, Henrik had to race himself into race pace. Now it seems like they are doing stuff in training, starting in April, that leading into the races make them ready when the races arrive. They don't need races to race. They only need yeah, to do the training. And they have so much history now that that what I know they are doing is they have one staple session that is five times 1K with two minutes recovery. They start around, let's say, 10K pace, and they work themselves down to 3K pace. So for Jakob, is running the last K in maybe, yeah, let's say 2.30 or a little bit faster. And then they have a break, and then they do 10 times 300 meter. And then we are talking about, about 1,500 meter pace for the 300 meters. Mm. That is one session I know, 
And I know they ha also have the other session that is 10 to 15 times 300. But, but the, the 300 only session is more like a session you have in between Diamond League races. It's like you have seven days, what we do in between. We have one session, uh, very race specific. They run behind a, a bike and they try to hit the, hit the pace and to have a good rhythm. But what they are doing in between, Jack is not willing to talk about. And it's like, that is the part we, we still have as a secret. <laughs> and and Homer's secret is, I don't know. I mean, if you go to St. Moritz like uh, Julian did, you can see what they are doing. It's not like they are hiding. It is true. You see them out there not saying hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If they if they knew the the story about you, they would probably say hello. Because the honest answer is all the guys are really good guys, and and uh, you yeah you could uh, you could really it's no problem to connect with them. And Jacob is also really open minded. He had a big interview after Olympic Games. He said the only reason he was running was to beat other people, and he he hates to train. And he don't know how many years he, he wanted to, to continue with, with this kind of lifestyle because it, yeah, it was, it's, it's not easy. Mm. I don't think we can see Jacob running in, in 10 years from now. If he can do something really crazy, maybe can win the next Olympic in Paris for the 5K and maybe he can run some crazy times, maybe can have all the European records, maybe can have one world record. I think he will quit the sport from a young age. We had one guy winning the Olympic Games in 1996, the 800 meter, Webion Rudolf. He pretty much did the same. He, he had one or two years running after the, the Olympic Games and then he was done. He hit the body was not able to, to come back and the motivation was not there. So I don't think we can see a career uh, like you had uh, with uh, guys like Monaghetti and, and people like that. I don't think we can see that with Jacob. And, and Jacob running really long distance. I can maybe see him going one time for the half marathon if it's really big money. But I, I cannot see Jacob running marathon. And, and yeah, to stay in the sport for 10, 15 more years, I don't think so. Interesting. All right, should we yeah, get, so... get back to your week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jeez, we, we made it. We're up to Wednesday. <laughs> we made it to Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, so, so what I have figured out in the past is also if if I do the last session and I have seventy-two hours to the race, not forty-eight, but seventy-two, I I always feel way better. So the two last days is only thirty minutes of jogging and uh, I mean easy running, and I do strides after all the the run. So it's 30 minutes and it's uh, 423, 410, 417, 418. So I traveled to, to Barcelona Wednesday night, ran 30 minutes two times Tuesday, uh, did uh, 20 minutes in the morning on Friday and some strides. And then the race went on at uh, yeah seven in the afternoon or, or nighttime at the New Year's Eve. So it was Friday. And the race here in Barcelona is the 5K is international uh, invitational race, but it's not like top class. You can maybe find five, six, seven good guys. And of course, was one really good guy that wanted to break the world record. And then you have local Spanish people and you have uh, some some OK 5K runners. One guy named Mike Foppen, he was, uh, uh, yeah, he yeah, run like 13.10. I think he finished... Uh, 
the, the good race that uh, McDonald had when they ran in Nice. Uh, Luke was talking about that last uh, week. Um, Foppen was also the guy that uh, was running to the finish line with, uh-huh. yeah, with McDonald. So he was here. One Spanish guy that uh, Carlos Mayo and some other guys, but in. The, it was two people that wanted to break the world record and a lot of people that wanted a, a nice 5K race in a nice city. So maybe we was 50 people on the start line. I knew one Swedish girl named Meret Balta. She, is, uh, she got second in the European cross country after uh, Grövdal, the Norwegian girls. So I knew the shape was, uh, was probably around my shape. She had one uh, Spanish guy that was a 14 flat guy as a pacemaker so yeah we went away and the first uh, when you're running in big cities uh, the gps is completely nonsense so what you do is you just have the time on the watch you turn off everything and uh, you look at uh, the kilometer marks on the road so the first kilometer was 256 it was uh, i felt uh, to be honest i felt good we were running four people in a pack the the, the 2k split was 540 554 and then it slowed a little bit down. The, the Swedish girl was breathing really heavily. So we hit the 3K in nine minutes flat. And then me and two other guys just went away. So the last uh, 2K, we, was, we were running together. And in the end, they sprinted me down. But f- for me, this was like just break 15 minutes. And uh, whatever is, uh, it's just a bonus. So if I can say something that... Uh, yeah, I don't want to be too hard on myself, but but it feels like I can run a little bit faster. And and if I had the race again, I will probably escape from the Swedish girl after 2k. And but I mean, it is what it is, and and it was a it was a good race to to have in the bank nine days before the 10k in Valencia as well. And and it's days like that that really makes me go out in the morning and do this training. I mean, I have. I have lived the last eight months with Sondre Moen. I know that whatever I do in running, I will never be very good. But but races in the dark in Bar- in Barcelona, like like this Friday, is is the only reason why I, why I'm running. So I want to do more of this kind of stuff, and I just hope that we can continue with traveling. Good pa- so, um, good pacing, Christian. Like because I, I remember a few races last season. You had some pretty bad sort of positive splits, um, whereas this looks like looks like you paced this one really well. I can tell you, I have learned the hard way. Moose <laughs> knows everything about this, and if you think that Brady is stupid, just remember that every time you are killing Brady on this show, people like me and a lot of other guys, we are listening. We are learning the, the hard way, and. And I am done. I mean, one thing is to destroy yourself in a local race in Norway. But I am done with traveling the world for destroying my race the first, uh, yeah, the first part of the race. Mm-hmm. Running is an easy sport, and if you if you understand how to pace yourself, it's amazing how fast you can run the last, uh, yeah, the last one or two kilometers. And on the track, it's amazing how fast you can go the last two laps. I had. Uh, Probably the best race of this season. I was able to break 15 minutes on the track. I ran, I ran 14:55, and I think I had the last lap was like 67 low or something in that race also. So I know what to do now. The the hard part is just to execute the plan. 
Christian, this is a point-to-point course. Is that legal? Yeah, of course, since it was the world record, they have done yeah. everything correct. Don't but, know. Yeah, Downhill? You, <laughs> yeah, downhill and headwind, or tailwind. Now, yeah, of course, it's a legal course, but I, I don't know the, the rules, but you can have one meter of elevation per kilometer. So in a 5K, you can have four, five meter downhill. And you can have so many, I don't know how many meters you can have in uh, in airline between the start and the finish. B- but this is probably because of uh, traffic and probably be- because of they want to take like all the, yeah, all the small margins out. Hmm. But, but since they ran the world record, both the men and the women, I mean, of course, the course is correct. And on Strava, you see, you flat. see every time you run, <laughs> You run big races on Strava also. I had 5.08 or something on the GPS. And then you you also know that the course is correct. Because if you do road races and you have like 4.9 or, or 5 flat, then you know the course is too short. The GPS in these cities is never accurate. One last question. Did you, uh, yeah. did you celebrate as you crossed the line? Like... Did you point to the sky or did you do anything like that? No, not this time. This this race was uh, was not that important. It was a good race. I was happy with myself, but uh, but the next uh, race this Sunday will be something else. If I can run a little bit under 31 minutes, let's say 30:50 to 30:40, and I can run with Gravdal, then I maybe I will celebrate. But to be honest, Moose, I don't celebrate too often. I had the race in, in 2017 in Berlin when I ran 2.22.30 and I had won the 5K on the track when I broke 15 minutes. Except from that, I'm, I'm usually never happy with myself. And to be honest, I have way higher expectations for myself than running 15 minutes for a 5K. Yeah, good. Good, I like that, Christian. We'll save it till the 2.20 next time, all right? Yeah. It's all about the Sevilla Marathon, the 20th of February. Hopefully, we can break the 220 there. Yeah. So if you yeah. break, so if, if, you, the... if you break 220, then Brady's PB is in danger. I don't know what to say about Brady and the marathon. Maybe, maybe you should just cut cut him and tell him the marathon is not for you. Because if I compare <laughs> what he is doing in training and his research in the marathon, he should run 215. Mm. I agree. But maybe, but maybe he's racing every single session. I don't know what they are doing in Moama. I want to go to Australia to watch uh, how stupid oh. Brady really is. But, Strange uh, place out there. I, uh, I don't feel so bad about what I said after Melbourne now, after Christian just comes on and tears him to shreds. <laughs> yeah, but, but remember this. I, I met Brady and Josh Harris, the real legend, in 2016 in Berlin. We were running in old shoes. Brady wanted to break 220 in old shoes five, six years ago. And we are still talking about the same. So I don't know if the marathon is not made for him or if he's training too hard. I don't know what to say. But but for me, looking at his training at, and think that this is a guy that I can beat in a marathon, yeah, it's nonsense. One of, <laughs> one of us is doing something completely wrong. I tell you that. Mm. Could be in the head, I, I reckon, Christian. Maybe, maybe he doesn't have a head for it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he's too soft. I don't know. When you're 
talking about going really deep on yourself, I don't know if Brady have that kind of mentality, or if his body is not uh, suited for marathon. Sondra have a really good friend that's called Sofian Bolshiki. He have run 27:45 for the 10k. He's a 13:10 guy for the for the 5,000 meter. He have tried to go up to the marathon now for two years, and he cannot break 2:12. I, I can. I mean, 2:12 should be jogging pace, but some people they don't have the body for handling two hours with running. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Brady's, Brady's be... going to hate this chat. I actually think it's the, I actually think it's the two soft thing. I reckon. I, I reckon part of it. I reckon, yeah, I reckon part of it's where he lives. There's no hills, and I reckon maybe there's some GPS uh, GPS error in uh, Atuka Moama. No, but he's got the 29 whatever on the board for his ten k's. He's mm. shown he can he can run. Yeah. I tell you, if I be, if I break thirty minutes for ten k, I run two sixteen. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So, I mean, Brady is a legend, and I love his, love his passion. And without him, it will have been no inside running. We probably will not have the podcast in Norway. The inside jogging guys will probably be just strange people from England watching football or something nonsense. And Brady have done a good job, but what what he is doing with himself for the marathon is unbelievable. Yeah, he's a good podcaster, but a shit marathoner, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, I want to break to twenty before I, yeah, before before I say something more about him. But uh, let's hope for the best. He had a second kid. Maybe he can slow down. Maybe he can put life in perspective. Maybe he realized that uh, that he have to listen to you two guys or find somebody else. I don't know what's the solution. But uh, yeah, he he need to do something and. When he's doing the lead-up training for the marathon, he's doing sessions that is harder than the race, and he's still able to to knock down the, those sessions. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Very good. How'd you uh, how'd you round out your week? Because that was um, that was New Year's Eve. So, what did you do on New Year's Day and on the Sunday? I had uh, two times forty minutes uh, the the Saturday, the day after, just jogging uh, four thirty-seven, uh, and yeah really slow and and on sunday i went out i had uh, i wanted to do around two hours since i have the the marathon in seven weeks i i wanted to have a have a long run so i went out to uh to a river and uh, the first uh it's pretty flat of course since it's close to a river but uh, but on the way up it was really hard uh, tailwind coming down to the sea and it i was running on some kind of dirt road or single trail so the first hour was 4:40 average, and uh, and then I turned around and had the tailwind, and was also running on a bike path. So the last hour was probably around four minutes flat, and I was running a little bit faster the last 20 minutes. So I did 30k, and had 137k for the weeks, and the legs was really good. I mean, it's amazing what you can do in races with the new shoes. You you feel something in the yeah, the lungs and the heart, but but the legs are are all fine now. So this week uh, I try to run around 110, maybe 120 kilometers, and the, the last two days leading into to the Valencia 10k will be yeah the same as this. I do the last session Thursday, and I have Friday and Saturday 
just 30 minutes and, and strides. And then I, uh, yeah, I hope to break 31. Maybe I can run with Gravdal. I don't know how fast she will go in the beginning, but, but that 10K race is in the morning in Valencia. And if it's, uh, if it's one city in the world you want to visit for running, it's Valencia. I can, I can, uh, I have hard to, to find any better place for running activity than that city. Mm. All right, mate, I'll let you come up for some air and uh, we'll, we'll throw to Moose. I, um, geez, I thought Moose's weeks were long, but uh, yeah, Moose, can you top that week? Oh, well, mate, I had a win, so get, so buckle up. <laughs> yeah. If you need we'll be, to go we'll, and put the tea on or something. We'll be at two hours after <laughs> two weekly recaps. <laughs> See, Christian came like 20th. I won, so mine's going to go for ages. All right, Moose, tell us about your week. <laughs> Well, it started with a race, obviously. Um, so the Rue Run was on. It's the Anglesey Fun Run, raising money for the Yacht Club. So the Yacht Club just did a reno, and I'm not sure they must. They they do they put the Fun Run on, and so we um, we try to support it. Obviously, Footy Club gets down there, all that sort of stuff. So I ran um, a warm up <clears throat> uh, with a couple of the guys down there. Um, Pete Kerr was down there, Jimmy Friend, Jordan, just a few, just a few of us. And Benny Ludbrook was the he works in our store. He was sort of the maybe the the main competition, I thought, for the race. Is that whiskey boy? Young, young up and comer, bloke who doesn't know anything about whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Wasting my money. Um, and so yeah, the course is tough. It's really tough actually. It goes up and over a big hill in town. And then it heads onto the beach, so you're running in the soft sand for a section. Then you have to run actually through a bit of a river. Like you, you probably, oh, I reckon I was like mid-shin deep. And then we come out onto the, the river, which is flat. So like the river path, which is concrete for, for about oh, 800 metres. <clears throat> and then hook through the caravan park back onto the beach for 500 and then back up the big hill. So it was pretty tough. Uh, I think I, it was good for me because it wasn't very fast and I didn't have to match pace, yeah. like a three-minute pace at, at any real point. Bit of old, so, man's, old man strength course. Yeah, it's exactly what it was. So so Pete, Pete Kerr, it sort of took the pace early and then we hit the hill. There was just three of us in the pack, Ben, Pete and I, and up the hill, I, I knew the course really well, so I went to the front of the group because there are a lot of twisty, turny sort of uh, like tight corners, and it was only there's room for two people, but not at that pace with those corners. So it's sort of one person, like single file. So I wanted to get to the front just so I could have a clear line at the the track. So we got to the top of the hill, then I ran down in front and we hit the beach and all of a sudden the other two were right sort of swamped around me and um along the beach was pretty windy down there and um then i started to feel like shit so that was probably at about 3k mark and the, the other guys ran in front for a bit and then once we got up onto the river probably about 4k ben he surged a little bit and i reckon he ran about three probably about a 305k at that point and it was it felt a little 
fast for me. So I let it go initially and Pete was behind me. I knew he wasn't very fit and, and I thought, oh, well, Ben, if he's going to pull out a few of the Ks like this, then that's, that's, that's me gone. But he did slow up and he allowed us to get back on. And then we ran together for the next however long, right until the bottom of the hill that went back up. And if you click into the, um, the run, it, it's, a, it's a fairly decent climb. So you start on the, on the, the bottom of the hill at, uh, at that point, it's like zero meters or one meter elevation and you run to the top, which is 56 meters. So you're running up like 55 meters in about 500 meters. So it's a steep climb, and um, at the very top, Ben and I were together. Pete dropped off, and I knew I had to get to the front because we went back on like the single track again. And if you're behind, there's really no option, no way to pass until the very end. So I wanted to get to the top in front, and I, I managed to do that in the last like 10 meters of the climb. Then I got onto the, the trail, and it's a downhill after that. And I knew the course really well because this is where I jog like most days. So I was able to um, get a little bit of a lead on the on the trail. This is purely through just me knowing the corners coming up and, and how fast I could go into them. And Ben not knowing anything about them, he had to break a lot. And so I got to the beach for the last maybe 400 metres and uh, that's, that's when I looked around and I probably had maybe 10 seconds on him. So... I, uh, I I knew I had him at that point, um, and so yeah, I, I, I actually it was a it was a winning race. Um, so back on top, baby, but it wasn't very fast. Three thirty-two, and on this route, I reckon in the past I've run three seventeens um, twice before. So I've run twenty-four twenty-one here, and in this race I ran twenty-six thirty-seven. So not a not a very fast day. <laughs> gave gave the heart a good workout. Did you wear, oh, wear the, boy. was that heart rate strap? Yeah, yeah, I wore a strap too. So I made I, I wanted to get the data from it because I don't think I've found my max before. Mm. And and I definitely found my max. I don't think it shows one eighty one eighty eight I saw it. Oh one eighty nine. I saw it at the highest. Yeah, one eighty nine. That's the highest my heart rate's ever been. <laughs> so it's it's fun to, to learn that. Um and, and, I mean, that was an unfit race. I was lucky to beat Ben, but Ben's a bit younger. He, I told him afterwards, like, if he had kept that surge going along the river for probably another three minutes, that was Pete and I both gone, and he probably could have jogged it in to win, but he, uh, he didn't quite have the confidence to keep going, and he bailed out of that move, and he allowed us back in it, and then on the hill, yeah, just um, probably just the old man legs got over him. So, yeah, that was the first the run. one big. The one picture you get uh, up on Strava, Julian, when you have the f- the five meter gap down to to the other guy, I guess it's Ben. Is that the, on the last part of the race, or is it early on? Yeah, that's at the very end, actually. So that's the little gap that I made before we hit the beach, and that little hill. So that hill kind of spent him. That's at the top of a little rise, and and that's where he 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 fell off right there. Uh, I didn't want to get into – he's like a little 3K, 5K guy. I didn't want to get into a, a sprint with him at the end, so I knew I had to make my move well before we got to the beach. And so I, I, it, I luckily got a is, big gap. Is this uh, the kind of surface you are running on every day down there in Anglesey? Yeah, pretty much. 
those dirt trails. It's unbelievable the life you're living down there. Can oh, you, oh, you, can you have a listen to him? The guy that opening the borders. The guy that oh. travels the world and like just lives the life of an elite athlete. <laughs> exactly. Where are you now? Puerto Rico or something? Like I hear about that on movies only. It's funny though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Christian, on the series, it's funny the perspective though, because about a month ago, I'd open up your Strava and you'd be whinging every day about the weather and, you know, it was leading up to Christmas. Like, do you know how many Aussies would kill for like a white Christmas? And so, like, we look at that going, oh, how good would that be at this time of year to have a Christmas over in a country like that? And you're like just hating it, wanting to be over here. So, I guess it's like the old, you know, grass is always greener. Yeah, but I know where the grass is greener. The problem is the border. When is the border in Australia opening up again? Mate, the real runners are here. We've got Susan Crummins here, Charlotte <laughs> Perdue. Yeah, so what I need to do is I need to pay Nick Bidow and then I can come down. There you go. Yeah. That's an idea. You could join the squad. You could be the new, um, you could be the new assistant the new coach. You could paste, I have a lot you, of experience. You could paste, the, the, you could paste the women. There you go. Yeah, that's that's your job. And I'm mm. too old now. Not fast enough. You could bring Sondre over, Sondre over, and then all of a sudden there's a two-five guy in the group. I don't know. Keep going with your week. All Nick right. is a legend. You should have him in Australia. Yeah. Next next day I went out for a jog, eight point four k. I ran that with uh, Benny, who's um, the fourteen minute guy down here, fourteen flat man. So he's getting back to it. Oh, if you didn't notice this week, actually, I did a few paddles. I'm not sure whether you want to discuss the paddles or not, but I, I got quite sore from it. Um, it's it's going to build up a good back, but back strength, but it's not going to um, contribute to running well. So I'm going to have to put them on the back burner. The a only bit. the only thing I saw that was sore were your nipples. Oh, they they've. So they've crusted up now, and they're about to, like, peel off. Yeah. You wouldn't know, Christian, but when you paddle a board like this, the second time that I went out, I decided to go without my wetsuit top, and just the friction on the board, (laughs) intense pain. The shower afterwards, I I was just, like, screaming. Um, Yeah. But but one thing I have to tell you guys is that, the period you people are going off Strava, I mean, sometimes people need uh, to have, uh, yeah, time off social media and stuff like that. But you also have to realize that when you have started this podcast, you have some kind of responsibility for keep going. So when you are, sca- are escaping from Strava, you are uh, letting a lot of people down. So stop doing that and keep bringing up what you are doing. Christian. Especially people... <laughs> The real Especially listeners hear like it. You, the real yeah, listeners tune in and listen and hear. Who invited this bloke, Moose? Yeah. <laughs> it's, flagging it's off everyone. Flagging off our marathoners. It's not about the show. People are listening to the show anyway. But it's something about getting the update every day to keep the motivation going. We cannot have motivation every Monday. We need motivation every day. No one needs to see my bike sessions. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm back on, Christian. Have... I'm back on. Yeah, I can see, and your Strava is back on, so I'm really happy. <laughs> it's back on, and it's unimpressive as ever. Yeah, that's the best part. It's when it's unimpressive, it's good. Yeah, well, I'm running slow. Like, 
I got sore after that race, sore ankles from the, the all the turns and the trails and the soft sand and and sore hammies from the hills mm. and sore calf at the end just from running fast. And so I um, I pulled up rough. So I was just jogging double the next day, 30 minutes and, and 60 minutes in the afternoon. And then, um, oh, no, sorry, 30 minutes and oh, just one, just one run, 30 minutes the next day. And then the next day I did 60 and uh, I was going to do a race, the um, Dawnbusters, but I was too sore. So I bailed out of that run and just ran easy. Uh, I ran easy the day before, just a, an hour with a group. We had a bit of a group down here, which was fun. And the next day I did a workout. So I um, I, I did oh, – I went down to Aries Inlet um, and I did – some heart rate running. So this was quite hot, actually. I think this fucked me a bit, this heat. So I did three by seven minutes at what my threshold heart rate is, and then two minutes jog, one minute hard, one minute jog. Then I just jumped in with Simone, who was doing her workout. She had some 200s to do, and so I just jumped in with her at the end for them. But I found, like, my heart rate got up really quickly. I also had Jordan, who has a real low running IQ, and he started the race with like the workout with me and he just sprinted from the line and he kind of fucked my first rep because I went too hard too early. I didn't build into the workout. And you know you're in trouble when you reach your threshold heart rate like two to three minutes into the rep instead of six to seven minutes in. That's a sign that you've gone too hard and and that comes back to haunt you later in the rep it, or later in the, the session. And that's what it, it, it actually did that to me. So I think it got a bit hotter as well and, um, it's good to have the heart rate on here because in the past I reckon I would have run this and I would have I would have seen the paces that I was pushing. So the first rep was 323 and, the, and then 307 for the one minute. And then the next one was 339. Now that, that's, that's really slow compared to the, the first rep. But it, that's where my heart rate was at for that. And so that's all that really matters at that point. And, and it, was, it was good to just have heart rate showing so it didn't really matter how slow I was going. Uh, and then I ran 2.53 for the, the on and 3.31 for the last seven minutes. Now, I actually finished this workout and I was like, I felt really smooth on the, the tempo reps. Even though they were kind of slow, I felt good. And so that's maybe a bit of a, like a, bit of a, a sign of growth that I've not really caring about the paces, but more about how I feel during the workout because that's that was I did feel good even though my heart rate was high and it was slow, like my rhythm felt good. So that was the workout uh, done. And and then I had a good long run actually on Sunday. Well, not a good long run, but a hard long run. So on Sunday, met a few of the Surf Coast guys, Matt and Damo, Jordan, and then Caitlin Adams and Lockie, Scott, who's Caitlin's partner, they were over in Lawn, and so they met us for this long run. And um, I had two hours on the card, so made a bit of a loop and uh, probably underestimated how hot it was going to be. And so ran uphill for however long, probably about, or oh, I'd say maybe an hour of, of uphill running and then downhill for an hour. And by the time we got to the top of the hill, I was a bit cooked. And... And then at 90 minutes, I'm like, oh, gee, um, I could really do with a drink right about now. And then the last 30 minutes, I was I was fucked. I was proper fucked. And 
it was kind of embarrassing because I had a guest there, Lockie, who was running with me and he was taking it real easy. He was trying to talk to me, have conversations and, and all I wanted to do was get to the end <laughs> and I was looking at my watch every like minute, counting the minutes down and um, I think this, is, this was just me like really overestimating my fitness at this point and not understanding what a 28K run over hills will do to an unfit person. And and the lack of mileage just coming into effect and yeah. I love how like the day before you're like, I was really happy with this because I reckon it showed a bit more maturity and and then a day later, yeah, it didn't show much maturity. (laughs) Nah. And uh, like it says 417, I was not feeling like, like it was not feeling smooth this day. (laughs) It's just up and down and. Yeah, we'll see how we come off that. That'll take a few days to recover. But I did enter Mount De Surf, which is this coming week, Friday. So I need to uh, recover in time for that race because that's like 7.5K down in Lawn. Hilly little race, kind of like Rue Run, but with a much better field. Very good. Yep. All right, I'll yep. um, whip through mine. It's all cross-training. I did eight and a half. Oh, hours. skip it then. Skip it. <laughs> eight and a half hours in total <laughs> on the bike. Uh, throughout the week so monday was uh, a bit of an interval session i did four uh, sorry two four minute efforts two three minute efforts two twos and two ones all with a minute easy between Um, managed to get the heart rate up into like mid to high 160s for those reps so it felt like it was a pretty solid workout Um, and then the next day just uh, did like an easy 70 minutes sort of like all my easy rides i'm sort of averaging in the 130s Wednesday, I did like a 25-minute tempo, um, so it would have been like a 70-minute ride in total. Averaged about mid-150s mid for the 25 minutes on the bike. Um, Thursday, another 65 minutes, 130 average heart rate. Uh, then sort of just did like a comfortably hard ride on the Friday, 70 minutes, average 144. Um, definitely by Friday, started to feel like I was just getting a bit stronger on the bike, uh, felt like I was just pushing a few more watts. Uh, yeah, and then Saturday, just another 65 minutes, and then yesterday was my longer ride, so I did an hour 40, um, which, look, I've been enjoying the riding. It's, people just, some people have met, been messaging me saying, oh, I don't know how the hell you like can go there every day and ride on the bike, it does my head in, but like the gym has Wi-Fi, so I, like, I take my iPad with me and I'll watch like stuff on YouTube that I would watch when I'm at home anyway or listen to a podcast. Or like one of the days I watched that AA coaches thing that you did, Moose, um, and I find the time goes so quick, especially like you just you know, have a heart rate strap on, um, you know, sit at 130s. Uh, yeah, and in terms of my body, one thing I've noticed, like not running much the last three weeks, like I can get out of bed now, like my Achilles aren't stiff at all um, because it, like I can't remember the last I reckon it would have been just before Berlin 2017 was the last time I had this much time off like not running at all like you know big blocks and um, like my body's feeling pretty good in terms of like Achilles and uh, I reckon I'll be right to go right to start jogging by the end of this week like it feels pretty good now but I'm just going to be just give it a bit more time because I just don't want to like knowing how calves are susceptible to just restraining again i don't want to get into this cycle of run for half an hour one day and then manage 10 minutes the next and then have another two weeks off so if i wait till if i wait till saturday that'll be two weeks since my last 20 minute run 
and it'll be about four weeks since um, I first first did the injury. So, um, yeah, that was my week, eight and a half hours on the bike. But, you know... You're doing some strength work for the car? Yeah, I've started doing a little bit more now. Um, and, like, if, I can do now... Like, I can hop on it and, it, you know, I think I did, what, 40 hops this afternoon and didn't feel anything at all. Um, like, single leg calf raises I can do with no pain, bent knee calf raises I can do with, without any pain so I think I'm almost there um, I just want to just give it a little bit more time no no need to rush back yeah that's pretty smart from you yeah yeah so all right let's um let's thank some patrons do you want to go first Christian you're the uh you got the purple yeah I got the, the Chris Lawrence guy yep yeah so, I mean, you guys should thank uh, Chris Lawrence, and I'm taking him as well without people in the patrons. Uh, Julian would have been long gone for ages. We all know that uh, running is a bit more for him uh, about the money and the rest of us, but uh, thanks to Chris Lawrence. And uh, the progressive, uh, progressing in the training have also been amazing. Brady I put up some really good stats here. He's breaking uh, three hours for the marathon. That's a big win for us all. And, uh, yeah, the Endorphin Pro, to be honest, the, the shoes he was wearing, to be honest, is the best training shoes I have ever tried before. For Just for training, for me, that's the best shoe I can, can find. So he's wearing some really good shoes as, as well. Oh, for and, jogging? Yeah. For jogging? No, so he wore... So no, for, no, he, for racing. So, Christian, you, yeah, you butchered this. Put all these details in here, you don't even mention them. He ran 256.30 at... Um, at last year's Canberra Marathon, and he was wearing the Endorphin Pros and the green Nike inside running singlet. There's a photo of him doing that, so that's that's where Christian got oh, the Endorphin Pros from. From the race, yeah, yeah. Ah, then I understand. Yeah. Ah, okay, yeah, and it was a bit quiet after Canberra, but that's come back to a good, uh, consistent build-up since the start of November. So people in Australia they also realise that consistency is the key. So we'll keep. Uh, Keep working, Chris, and thanks for uh, bringing up the show every week. Mm. Yeah, you look at his, you, Chris. you look at his Strava, and like since uh, November, it just looks like a staircase. He's, he's added like six kilometers every single week, basically. So he's gone from twenty six k, and now he's up to seventy. So, thanks, Ooh. Chris. All right, Moose, who you got? I have Ryan Dixon. <laughs> so, Dixon is from Auckland, New Zealand. Dixon run five kilometers. 1943 time trial. Eek, don't know about that, Dixon. 10K, 41.43 was run when he ran his half marathon PB of 92.30. Okay, so we're taking a, gee, this, not a lot of credible results here. We'll take his half, though, which was 92.30 at 2021 Taupo half marathon. Yeah. Uh, looks like he blew up a little bit. 353 2020 Auckland Marathon. Um, gee, oh man, you're running under 20, but you're running 357 for the marathon. That's There's work to do there, Dixon. <laughs> Training for sub 330 at this year's Auckland Marathon. Yep, I reckon that's a good goal, which is happening on the 23rd of Jan. One day, oh, there's it. Really? January? Yeah, that's not because it got, well, I guess because it, it got postponed last year, so they've moved it to January. Oh, I wish it stayed at January. I reckon you get heaps of Aussies going mm. over. Yeah, I that. agree. Yep. Maybe we should write him a letter. 
Uh, we wonder if he's related to Dixon. Yeah, the Dixon. The Dixon. <laughs> the Dixon. And surely he is related to the Dixon. Yeah, hey, Christian, Christian, just a question. What did you think of the interview with Dixon? <laughs> no, it's amazing. It's really good, of course. It's, uh, you have some of, the, some of the interviews you have on, on your podcast. It's the best interviews for running uh, that have been ever created. If I had to pick one, it's maybe the one with, I don't know, the one with Steve Jones is, is something insane, but the one with the Sean Crichton, I think for me the, the Crichton interview is the, is the best uh, interview I have ever listening to when it comes to running. It's something also about the way Crooks is talking with, with Sean. You can... Yeah, he's two good friends, and you can. Uh, Sean really wants to bring all his knowledge to to Crokes, but I don't know if it's able to do it. Mm. Thanks, Christian. You, you, you do like that? No, I think Christian just had a crack at you. Actually, <laughs> I know, but no, but enjoyed the enjoyed the interview that I did. So I I, I look at the positives, Moose. Yeah. So, yeah. but he's worn those two interviews out, so nobody can listen to them anymore. <laughs> worn out. <laughs> That's why our numbers I have... are high on those ones. Yeah, yeah, I have 100, 100 on each of them. Uh, all right, I'm going to thank Ainsley Pook. Uh, Ainsley's from West Footscray in Victoria. Has a 5K estimated best of 21.42, which was done around Princess Park. Uh, also has a 10K estimated best of 44.43, which he did during the 2021 Great Ocean Road Half Marathon. Um, his Half Marathon PB was from that race, but it measures like 23... I think it's like a 23K race, but... Um, according to Strava, he went through the half marathon in like 96 minutes uh, and ran three hours 30 um, at the recent Melbourne Marathon. So looked into his Strava. He follows 20 people, which uh, of those 20 includes Brady, Brett Robinson and Jack Rayner. But unfortunately, the big moose did not make the cut, which I found surprising given that you are mm. the king of the Great Ocean Road. I thought you may have got to follow. Nah, mate, this bloke started running in 2020, I can tell. He hasn't actually seen the like the real big dogs in action. He's just seen the, the COVID warriors come out. I wonder how Brady made the cut. Probably from Melbourne this year. Yeah, Probably. He maybe. still floats mm. around there. And yeah, I actually looked at this. I'm like, I recognize that name. And um, I looked at his Instagram. He's friends with some people that I'm friends with. Mm. And also, I reckon he, he may have a connection to Ballarat. So I'm fairly dirty on this, actually. <laughs> Well, this is what yeah i think the last time we called somebody out for not following you they did they started following you didn't they yes they did so ainsley <laughs> I, I, look to be honest i thought it was a girl and that's why i looked at her instagram but it's actually a boy's name yeah it is yeah <laughs> um all right running news there's not a lot on this time of year so there's only really three bits that i could find um one of the one of the races uh was the one that christian did so christian do you want to talk us through what happened there in barcelona I have seen the race afterward on YouTube, and sometimes, uh, to be honest, I think that some things we can see on the on the running scene, especially on the road races, is too good to be true. But uh, anyway, the the Ethiopian guy he ran 12. I don't know what the time in the end got if it was 12:50 or it was for 12:49, but. It was completely nonsense. Going out in a crazy pace, yeah, running completely alone, yeah, and broke the world record. Of course, the course was good, but uh, yeah, 
some guys they have uh, they have an unreal talent and the frequency they are able to run in also it's look if you go on youtube and watch the race it's looking like he's sprinting the whole distance and the, the girl had a yeah was also breaking the uh, the world record that the Taya girl from ethiopia i think she got 14 and 19 but she what's had a big pack. what's her first name <laughs> a gave who or something i'm uh, i'm not really good in yeah ethiopian yeah, the names are the, the hardest one but but yeah the, the girl had a for, for me what we can see in the future is girls will for sure break 14 minutes on the track uh, they will break 29 for the track and maybe we'll see in the future some girls running closer to 40 minutes flat on the road. But, but the, the, the women record now had to go down at it, and it will still go down. How, how long? We, we just have to wait and see if uh, Sifan Hassan or, or the other girl from Ethiopia will give it a go, then the, the record will be, uh, will be taken forever. But, mm. but yeah, the, the, the races were good, and it's something about races at the New Year's Eve. Uh, the, the race in, in Madrid, the San Silvestre 10K, is, is similar to this. It's, it's a bigger race, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, people go there for racing and then they have a, have a good party afterwards. So, yeah, it, it's good that we can find races these days. Yeah. So I think that, I'm not sure if you mentioned the guy's name, but it was Aragawi from Ethiopia. Yeah, ran 12.49. Uh, Moose, do you want to take us to that Madrid race that uh, Christian just mentioned? Yeah, so... This was a little deeper. So what I noticed in that Barcelona 5K is that it drops it down pretty quick. It's like they've paid all the money for these two real big dogs and Christian to show up, and there's no money left for anybody else. Yeah, so it was 12.49 in the men's for first, 13.30 for second, and 13.37 for third. And in the women's, it was 14.19 uh, for first, 15.04, and then 15.51. Yeah, so not, not real deep. Nah, but then in, the, so in this race, we've got... Degetu Azam Merawa from Ethiopia, the late, she, that's a, a lady's name. She ran 3026 uh, to beat out Edna Jebetok from Kenya, 3044, and Lona Salpeta, that's your mate, Christian, 3114. Um, yeah, and she, then, so she was the one that she was the one in the marathon at the Olympics that was right up in that league pack for quite a while, wasn't she? Salpeta? Yeah, she was. She was the girl running 2.17 and winning in Tokyo also. So this was, uh, she's no part of the NN team, so she had to go for this race. But re this race was uh, just the start of the training period. She, The day after, she went directly to Kenya and she would stay there until uh, Nagoya Marathon. The, mm. the big one in Japan with all the money, the woman only. So, so all eyes is on the price and the money in, in Japan. And... Uh, I don't know how well Lona was prepared. I have her training uh, diary in, in the Garmin Connect, and yeah, she have taken some time off. Mm. Well, thirty-one fourteen is not bad, mm. but it's not it's not probably where a two seventeen runner could be at. I think her PB is like thirty oh eight or something. Yeah. She broke the world record one time in the Netherlands, but uh, was no doping control, so the the record got uh, not cleared. But yeah, the talent for that girl is amazing, and she can easily win in Nagoya. She will run fast for sure, and 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 she is a better marathon runner as well. Well, in the men's, a name that we've seen around the traps a fair bit, Mohamed Katir. He was the Spaniard that came out of the 
woodwork this year and ran a lot of fast times, won a lot of races. But he won this race 27.45, 10 seconds in front of Quizera. And then Nassim Hassaus was third, 28.05. So Katir is still getting around the circuit, Christian? Yeah, I mean, let's uh, let's have a minute with Katir. That guy he had before this season. And I mean, uh, we guys, we know a lot about sport. And to be honest, I, I, I had never heard about Katir before they had the, the European Indoor in February. And his PB before this season was 3.36, 7.44, and 28.58. So you can imagine, he has gone from 13.50 to 12.50 in one season. Mm-hmm. And from 7.44 to 7.27. Is, and 3.36, how many guys? What do Luke Matthews? He have 3.36, 3.38 or something? Imagine him running 3.28 next season. Can't imagine it. <laughs> no, so this guy is a Spanish guy. I think he has some kind of connection to Morocco. And he's pretty much living in the altitude in... Uh, Sierra Nevada is like two hour drive up the mountain and he's pretty much living there and training everything on the treadmill and outside on the on the track. And yeah, the results this year have been unbelievable. If if we take away Jacob and Stewie, if those two guys wouldn't be around, this will be the only guy that can compete with Africans. So what do you what do you think he's done so well to get this good so quickly? What 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 sort of things is he doing Christian uh, I mean I don't want to say that everybody that have an insane progression is using drugs but we can never take drugs out of the consideration it doesn't matter where you are from and the history of Moroccan people is not very good so but uh, he have done he have got a lot of tests this year and, uh, and he's he's still clean so I need I mean we need to believe him but but he was coming from a football career, not a career, but he tried to be a good football player. So he didn't have a lot of running in the mm. bank before he started to run. But but the steps he have taken the last 12 months is really amazing. It's, yeah, it's very, very hard to, to think that he can drop down a lot more. I mean... 7.27 for the 3K. It's not many people in the world that have broken 7.30 for the 3K. And for me, he was one of the favorites going into Olympics. He was not running the 15. He was going for the 5K. And uh, he he didn't perform his best at the Olympic. But but this guy, yeah, he can maybe be the, the man to beat the next season. We, mm. we just hope, to hope that this guy is clean. He cost me a bit of money at the Olympics. I had him to win the 5K. <laughs> so, yeah, that's karma right there. <laughs> that is dirty karma. Yeah, it's also uh, something about the way he's running. He, he's, uh, he's running, he, the, yeah, the, the way he's uh, taking the position in the races, the way he's finishing. He's, he's a smart guy and he, he can really race and, and yeah. Uh, the the seven twenty seven race was un, un, unbelievable. So Katir um, maybe be the man to beat for for next season and for the five k in the world championships. Maybe he will be he will be a hard case. And for the European championship, usually Jakob have had a had a easy easy win. The, 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 yeah, the last time in the five k he was pretty much just jogging alone to the finish line. 
to 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 beat Qatar will not be easy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the only other bit of news involves Stewie. Uh, Stewie went down to Tassie and did a few of those Christmas carnival handicap races. Um, so in Devonport, he ran 359.58 on the grass to finish 11th, uh, like just handicapped out of it. It was one in 351. And then in Burnie, uh, I watched both of these actually, and um, nobody has ever broken four minutes in Burnie off scratch. Uh, he ran four minutes 0.41 to finish 18th, and the winner ran 350.8. So it's a tough gig for Stewie. Like you know, when these when these races have been won in 351, like to do that on the grass is is pretty much impossible, especially when he has to run out in like lane four a lot of the race going around people. But I think it, I think these sort of races um, suit Stewie because it's sort of the way that he races anyway. He just goes as hard as he can from the start to the gun. So, but um, yeah, that's pretty much the running news for the week. Uh, Liz- I saw the race, to be honest, Crocs, and uh, it's amazing to see a guy that's uh, like Stewie that uh, is doing races like that. It, mm-hmm. It's something about the sport. It's something about the, the reputation of a guy like Stewie. In Norway now, it's, it's uh, two guys that is getting the interviews after the Diamond League. First is Jakob, and the second one is Stewie. People in Norway, they cheer so hard for Stewie. The way he's racing, mm-hmm. the way he's taking it out, he's like... Yeah, he, he's a big favorite among uh, Norwegian people. I, I mean, of course, we want Jakob and the other guys to beat him, but but in the end, we are so happy to have him in the sport. And and also the way he's talking on the interview with the, with the Nor- Norwegian broadcast, he, he's giving so much about uh, yeah, giving away so much about himself. He he's in it for winning. He's uh, I have my kind of of way to run, and I will stick to the plan and. Yeah, Stewie is, is one of the, the yeah the, mm. the the big guys in the sport, and we really need people like him. We need people that can, yeah, show the the belief and and try to go against Africans. So so I hope all the best for Stewie, and the, if Jacob can win, I really hope that Stewie will finish second. Mm. Yeah, I think it's it's good that Stewie does these events because there's about oh, there's probably like forty people in the event, and there was one guy there. Like, it looked pretty old, and he had like a 450 meter head start. But that would have made it would have made their day, like having Stewie on the same track as them and him going past them. Like that'd be a bit of a bit of a buzz, I'd imagine. So, all right, we'll move on to listen to question. Um, so yeah, Sydney sent into our Instagram the other day about um, he, he mentioned that there's been these hypotheticals about uh, a distance medley relay team, Norway versus Kenya. And he just wanted to get our thoughts on, you know, a hypothetical team for Australia um, because he thought it would make a good discussion, which I agree with. And I went a little bit further and actually looked up how the USA and the UK would also go based on um, times that people ran through 2021. And so for those that don't know, a distance medley relay is made up of a uh, a 400 metre, an 800 metre, a 1200 and a 1600 and boys, on the on the agenda here, I've pretty much added up the times. And isn't that so? That, that's four k's worth of running. And Nor- Norway, Kenya, Australia, USA, and UK are split by like three seconds. Mm. Um, so when did Henrik run three thirty one? So that's yeah. So, <laughs> so 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 I'll, I'll explain. So with the Nor the Norway and the Kenya one, I got those splits off the off the um the poster that they'd made uh, so yeah. for for norway at the moment 
And I think this this event really comes down to your depth as well. So I think, Kristen, you'd agree that Norway at the moment wouldn't be in a very good position against, you know, Australia, for example, because, you know, there's probably not that much, you know, you take out the three Ingebrigtsons and I believe Henrik's sort of just coming back from injury. They're probably not going to be super competitive, but you look at somebody like the US and, you know, they can replace the 400 metre with heaps of people, um, the 800 with probably quite a few. Um, yeah, what do you think? Uh, the first thing I can say that we can put up a little bit better team than this. We have a new a new guy for the 800 called Tobias Granstad. He is really good. He will probably run 145 something, but he is not the same quality as Peter Ball. And Henrik's race of 331, uh, Julian, is pretty much like uh, Ryan Gregg's. Yeah. This is uh, pa- mm. this is this will not happen again. Henrik will come back to the sport, but for me, that he can compete in the 1500 meters, uh, if he can do that, I will be really, really, su- uh, yeah, surprised. For me, he will be a 5k runner, and maybe he will move up to the 10k. So, if we can put the best team. The Warholm for the 400-meter flat is probably also a little bit better than 44.87. But, mm. but yeah, uh, Jacob and Philip have to be in the team. But but maybe we can do some small changes in the 800-meter. But but we will still be a little bit... Uh, yeah, you you guys in Australia will still beat us. And, and when you are talking about consistency, we, we have to realize that in Norway is uh, around five and a half million people uh, running. Uh, the way we are seeing running now is something else than than never before. Now we have a lot of 15 years old guys that can be good in cross country skiing that are moving, uh, yeah, moving in the running direction. So hopefully we can do something with the with the depth in the future. But at the moment we. We have one family and two, three other guys. <laughs> the, the rest is, uh, yeah, the yeah. rest is just uh, pray, uh, yeah, pray for, pray for something coming up. So the Australian team um, we've got on paper here is like Steve Solomon, Ollie Horse, Stewie, and Peter Boll. Um, but then I guess a couple of guys that sort of could be brought in would be like Jai Edwards and um, Charlie Hunter as well. Um, but uh, I, like, I would love to see this event like happened somewhere um just because i I reckon previous years it wouldn't have been very exciting there would have been maybe the us and kenya and that's it but you know you can genuinely like you would have like at least kenya australia us and uk like pretty close for the majority of the race so um but just like where where could they actually make this event happen though I, i guess they have the world relays but they don't have a distance medley relay uh at the world relay champs i don't think uh, don't they? Yeah, no. they used to. No, I, uh, do, do they? I don't know. I reckon they used to. Okay, yeah, but um, didn't, didn't Jeff Risley in that like do his? Oh, oh mate. maybe that was. Oh, maybe. Oh, that was that over in the US. Was that at like pen relays? Oh, maybe it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They Australia put, used to have a team that ran there. Yeah, that's right. So they do it there, but um, yeah. So for those listeners, like USA had the quickest time, um, and their team would have been made up of Randolph Ross, Cole Hawkers, Centro, and Clayton Murphy. So, anyway, a bit of fun there. Uh, Moose on the loose, purchase of the week. Uh, Moose on the loose, I thought I would, um, I thought I would talk about 
Strava comments and how when someone has a like quite obviously quite a good conversation, but it's not in English. Um, <laughs> that's, that's good. And and so no one like the main population of the world can't actually understand what these people are, are talking about, and they always seem to be really intense as well. And because like Norwegian people, they don't have very funny jokes. So they're always very serious. And I reckon there would be some good conversations that I could potentially read. And a lot of it could be about training, but mm. they have this weird Viking language that, that we can't understand. Good. That's a fair point. Uh, there, yeah. have, there have been times when I've been on Christian Strava and I'm like, oh, I wonder what they're talking about here. Like it could be after a session or a, and yeah. because And because we saw at the first part of the show, like – Christian's knowledge on the sport, even though he hasn't been in it that long, like he's been around guys that are at top of the world, so he knows his stuff. So it would be good to actually, um, yeah, hear, I'll be able to read it in English. Um, the the we, term is groupie. That is <laughs> groupie, yeah. Uh, which is, which I also think uh, watching the team Ingebrigtsen um, document, like, because I've heard, I've heard all of them, like they speak really, really good English. And so, you know, like that, that in English would have been like so good um, because, you know, just about everybody in the world then would have been able to hear what they're actually saying rather than having to read the subtitles, which were maybe not, you know, they're not completely accurate at times. Yep. Mm. Yeah, agreed. Thoughts, Christian? <laughs> I mean, uh, I remember one day when I went back to writing all my stuff in Norwegian, you had a big, uh, yeah, you, you made it clear that uh, you need to come back to English. So, I mean, I tried to put up everything on my own in, in English, but the thing, if, if people are asking a question on Nor in Norwegian and mm -hmm. you are talking back to Norwegian <laughs> people and you start talking English, then, then you are, I mean, then you are in the superstar moment. I mean, it is, it is what it is, and, and Norwegian is not for, for, for a lot of people. But, but for the Ingebrigtsen show, I tell you that if, if those guys had that show in English, you will lose a lot of the dynamic, and you will lose a lot about the, you will lose a lot of, of the, the, the situation when Jack and Henrik is talking really aggressive to each other also. If that was in English, it would be, will be very hard and it will probably be staged. So when you want the real stuff, you need to have it in the, in mm. the language people are mm. speaking. If not, it's more like it's creating. And one thing is to, to talk English in like an interview or something. Another thing is to talk English with a friend that can speak your normal language. Mm. So what, they don't, they, like, you guys can't speak aggressively in English? Like, you don't call people dickheads? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can, but the, voc yeah, the vocabulary is not the best. We're not feeling like this is the way to do stuff. And, I mean, everything, in the end, every, all people in the world should speak the same language. The question is just uh, which kind of language. And we should all have the same currency. And, uh, yeah, but it's a long way to go. And... Uh, Maybe we should try to level up on Strava since it's uh, for other people, but, but uh, for the most of the, the Norwegian guys on Strava, they only have Norwegian followers. So if you write English, you look like a completely stupid. So I don't know. Not you, Star. Uh, I only write in English because Crocker told me to. Well, see, but if you, like, if people write questions to you in Norwegian and you respond in English, 
like that will become a trend. And so people will then start asking you questions in English. So you you mean we have to try that from this year, 2022, I reply everything in English. Give it a go. I would love like I would love to see somebody write to you in Norwegian and then you respond in English. I'd love yeah. Tag tag me in the next time you do that. <laughs> yeah, but to be honest, the, the most people that are writing to me in uh, on Strava is uh, people asking, uh, yeah, just very simple questions, and some of them are uh, are having uh, ha- are having a go at me because what Moose is saying is pretty much what people in Norway are saying. I mean, mm-hmm. I have the the life of a uh, two. Uh, 10 or a 205 guy and I'm running 222 so or 221 so it's it, it, it's a lot of people that are telling me that I'm running slow <laughs> uh, you're doing all right um what's coming up moose you're racing on friday friday yeah back to work tomorrow back in the store all the public holidays are done we're um we're kicking off again yeah and christian you're off to valencia uh and then after valencia heading back home yeah, I have a plane ticket home Sunday, but I don't know what will happen to be. Mm. Maybe I go to Kenya for three, four weeks and then go directly to Seville. I don't know. Are you um are you a little bit like with your Seville build up? Because after you race Valencia, that's going to be uh, what six weeks before Seville, and like you haven't really been doing a lot of marathon stuff over the last month. So it leaves it. It's a pretty short, pretty short build then. Yeah, but I pretty much had a small build-up before this because uh, I was uh, I, I was pacing one Swedish girl in Valencia, but she pulled off, so I only went uh, one hour thirty there. But I had a, a build-up before that. I did a lot of, and what I can see with my own training is that uh, that coming back to marathon training and and the training that suits me is is not the. It's not taking a long time. If I, if I can have three, four weeks of solid marathon training, then I'm ready. Yeah. If the period is too long, I'm getting drained. And the other stuff is that the, the only problem for me is the threshold pace. I need to be able to run a half marathon closer to 67, 30 as a minimum. Because the problem is not the distance for me. I can run. It's no problem for me to go out uh, next Sunday and run 40 kilometers in 3.30 average. I can do that. The problem is the, the, the speed. The gap from the half marathon to the marathon pace, the gap is too too small. So I need to do something around the threshold area. And, and uh, yeah, what I saw in the past is also that uh, with the new shoes and also with my background, I don't need that many weeks. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Well, all the best with it. Um, what else is coming out? We've got episode one of well, either the road to somewhere or the long and the short of it. Uh, we're recording that on Wednesday with Jess Stenson, uh, Louis McAfee and um, Luke Matthews. So that'll be over on Patreon. Uh, Hobart Cabri Running Festival is happening this weekend. And there's also the Stromlo 5K, which they held last year out at the, um, the Criterium course. So that's our show. Um, Christian, thank you so much for giving up your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, you've been a great supporter of the show, and um, I'm sure the listeners will uh, follow your journey to Valencia and then Seville and wherever you decide to run next. So thank you. Yeah, thanks, and it's been a pleasure. Hopefully one day we, uh, I mean, hopefully one day the world can come back to reality and maybe we can go again. Uh, 
We need you... uh, we need one last go in Berlin, all of us. Yeah, we'll be there. I'm only 35. I don't know about you, old fuckers. I've got four more goes at it. You got plenty of time, Moose. I'm the same as you, Julian. Yeah, you got time. Well, you haven't even you haven't had a crack yet. Croker, he's done. I'm done. I was yeah, I was what 37. (laughs) I was 37 and a half when I ran my PV marathon PV. Ooh. Okay. (laughs) Many years to come, Julian. Yeah, we're we're good. uh, Keep uh, what's the Keep rocking up and keep doing the, the normal stuff. Right. That's not that inspirational, Christian. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I heard, I heard you and Luke the last week. I was really laughing. <laughs> oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. Funnily enough, he had COVID when we were recording that. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, boys. Thanks uh, again. Have a good week. Good luck, Moose. Good luck, Christian. And uh, we'll chat to everybody next week. See ya. Yeah.